Well, good morning, church. Uh, are we enjoying the autumn season so far? <laughs> Amen. And, and enjoy it. That's life. The different cycles. It means that life is not static. You got to keep on moving. Amen. On, on the other hand, yesterday was an interesting night for boxing fans. Uh, those of you who are into boxing may have heard the hoorah. Amen. On what happened. So, it's all good. Do I have boxing fans here? <laughs> Some of us were trying to watch the thing without pay-per-view. But our plans were not successful. <laughs> anyway, before I preach, let me just make a mention of some few things. Um, today is World Mental Health Day. Okay, so I want us to pray for anyone suffering from mental health. Um, it's a real thing. As Christians, let's be empathetic. John chapter 16 verse 33 says something that in this world there is tribulation or there are troubles. So as far as we live in this world, troubles will ever abound and will be present with us. But the Bible says that in Christ there is peace. And he encourages us to be of good cheer because he has overcome the world system. The system of this world, which has all the evils and the ills of it, has been overcome because Christ has peace. Amen. So we want to pray peace upon anybody suffering mentally speaking. And uh, let's remember them in prayer. The Bible says that we should remember those who are in the bond of affliction and in chains. So we want to do that from an empathetic point of view and pray for anyone suffering from mental health. It's a real thing. It's something that we shouldn't take lightly. Sometimes, uh, church, we don't like dealing with issues of mental health and emotional things. We just want to put a band-aid to it. And it's not every sore that you put a band-aid to it that's healed. There are some minor cuts. You put a band-aid to it, it's, it's done. But there are some um, sores. It requires more than a band-aid. You have to really treat it. And sometimes it might be painful and all that stuff. But if you don't do that, uh, it will never be healed. So when it comes to mental and emotional issues, I think that church, we have to have more of a responsive attitude than a reactionary attitude. We shouldn't wait for people to commit suicide or, you know, be under some sort of emotional stress, then we start to pray. Let's be proactive. And one of the ways to be proactive is to pray. That's one part. The second thing is also to gain necessary information that, that will help us to skillfully uh, address these issues, especially with people who are in them. Because there are many church members who will be suffering silently with these things. And uh, sometimes instead of us being empathetic and being skillful with knowledge, we tend to stigmatize them. Amen. So there is nothing wrong if you are suffering mental health. It doesn't mean you are cuckoo. It's just life. Life is very uh, hard. There are pressures of life. There are issues of life. And uh, if you don't have that capacity, of course, that's what will happen. So we want to pray for everybody. Amen. Uh, secondly, October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Okay. So we want to pray for all cancer victims. Uh, by the grace of God, I've never had any woman in my family dealt with cancer or even a male family member. But you see, you don't have to wait for it to reach your house before you understand the, the devastating effects of it, right? So we want to pray for everybody who is suffering from breast cancer, especially now we will direct our attention to the women. 
And with this, I will really want us to pray for our women here, okay? That may they continue to walk in divine health and may none suffer from breast cancer. The, the, the statistics is one in eight women have breast cancer. And may that statistic never be on any ICC church member here in New Jersey, all right? So we are going to pray, believe God, that they will, um, the, the, every woman here listening to me at the sound of my voice will walk in divine health. Most importantly, let's pray for those two who are victims of breast cancer that God will heal them. Uh, God is a healer. I've seen God heal many people, especially when it comes to cancer. If he has done it once, he will do it again. Um, but most importantly, after prayer, women, make it a point on checking because early detection uh, prevents that. It's advised that once a woman hits age 40, she has to do all the necessary checks uh, to make sure that uh, it, it can be detected. And so, women, we are not just going to pray for you. Please uh, play your part by doing the needful. Amen. And thirdly and finally, October is Pastor's Appreciation Month. So I want to publicly acknowledge um, Pastors Jessica and Robert for their service and their sense of duty to the call of God. With that in mind, I want to read a scripture in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 17 to 18. So you can open your Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 17 to 18. And I'm reading this from New Living Translation or NLT. And it reads, Elders who do their work well should be respected and paid well. Okay? So, mind you, who was this being written to? This was being written to a senior pastor. Okay, Timothy was a senior pastor. And Timothy was advised on how he should treat people who work on the leadership board with him. All right? They are elders. So, this scripture is not necessarily a senior pastor's scripture. This really refers to helps, senior associate pastors, elders, anybody that joins in to help the church. So, even in essence, I might even include Minister Lily in that, okay? So, elders who do their work well should be respected and paid well. That's what the Bible commands us. So, we are not just supposed to respect them. Other versions use the word double honor, and double honor has been amplified here. What does it mean to give double honor to an elder or anybody that occupies the role of helps? We should respect them. We should pay them well. Okay? We should never defraud them of their wages. We should respect them and we should pay them well. Especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching. And also, many of you are witnesses of that. Pastors Jessica and Robert do very well with preaching and teaching. They are so good that if I even take a break for one year, I will not even worry. That is how much confidence I have in their pulpit ministry. Amen. And let me tell you something. In, in church today, one of the rarities is having good people to assist you. So when God blesses you with diamonds and a rough cut, you have to publicly acknowledge them and let them know that you truly appreciate them. Amen. Um, for the scripture says, you must not muzzle an ox to keep it from eating as it treads out the grain. And in another place, those who work deserve their pay. So please, with this scripture in mind, um, I want us to pray, prayerfully consider, okay? Everybody here, prayerfully consider and bless them generously out of your substance. Because October is Pastor Appreciation Month. Bless your pastor. 
Okay, Pastor Jessica, Pastor Robert, Minister Lily, they all deserve uh, to be blessed, okay? And it's not a sin to do that. It's biblical, it's honor, all right? Let's do that and God will bless us. I'll, ask, I'll kindly ask you to consider prayerfully on, on what God will minister on your heart to give to them, okay? Everybody is different according to your strength. If it's a gift, it's a card, fine. If it's money, if something was bad for them, fragrance, whatever, just do that and bless them. I want us to really honor them because it is scriptural, okay? I'm not doing things by the constitution of America or the constitution of the world I live in. I, I really want to do things by the Bible because we are Christians. And if we are truly Christians, one of the scriptures we will have to be is how to honor people who have been there for us, who have prayed for us, and who have labored in teaching and preaching. May I invite any of you to come and preach? You understand the labor that is involved. So when God blesses us with people who are able to do it with such skill, with the grace of God upon their lives, I think it is biblically commendable that we acknowledge that gifts in the body of Christ. Amen. So today with that, I just want us to pray. I want us to pray about four prayer topics, okay? I want us to pray for people who are suffering from um, mental health. We want to pray the peace of God upon them because what happens is the peace of God will guard your heart and will guard your mind, okay? And when the peace of God guards your heart and guards your mind, what is mental health, okay? Mental health cannot stand the peace of God. It, it will never win. Light and darkness uh, can never be in the same field and compete because when darkness meets light, darkness always has to lose. We pray peace upon everybody that is suffering mental health in the name of Jesus. Second prayer topic, we want to pray for all women of this church particularly that nobody will suffer from breast cancer. Everybody will walk in divine health. Thirdly, we want to pray for victims of breast cancer that may the Lord comfort them and may the Lord heal them because God is able to heal. Fourthly, we want to thank God for the gifts of God and pastors Jessica and Robert, and also Minister Lily, for um, being responsible and for the sense of duty to the God, call of God upon their lives. So let's begin to pray this morning in the name of Jesus. Open your mouth and begin to pray. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise. Thank you. Kadoba Zuka Antali de Shiba Kodi Brescoyanta di Bakula and Denima Dosha Baka de Rebo Sikata de Lido. Rebel Catalido, Zibanka, Hintanima Dosi, Antele de Kusha, Adalubi, Kanda de Bozi, Kadababa. We speak peace upon everybody that is a victim of mental health in the name of Jesus. We pray that they will be healed in Jesus' name. We thank you that you have given us the promise of peace, O oh Lord. We thank you that the peace that passes all understanding will guard everybody's mind that is suffering from mental health in the name of Jesus. Those who are even driven to despair and they have constant thoughts of suicide today as we are praying, let the peace of God reach them in wherever they are, in every psychiatric ward, in every mental health unit. I pray the peace of God upon them in the name of Jesus. And Father, we pray that this week, even if we come across people who exhibit signs of mental health, may we not judge them, but may we minister to them out of love and out of empathy because we know you, Christ. 
Thank you, Lord. Kadosha Banta Lide Bosi Katayan de Bekoba Anta Lebrosi Kandaribabo Rebo Shanta Librekayan de Bosi Kadabantolian de Bekoba and Daramama. The spirit of suicide that seems to have a stronghold of our mental health patients. Today, we come against that spirit in the name of Jesus and we declare that people are being made free and people are being healed out of ever mental disease in Jesus' name. Father, I want to pray for every woman of this house, Lord. I thank you that every woman works in divine health according to your word, O Lord. We thank you that when you died, the health of women was also included in the plus. And we declare that nobody will walk in sickness, especially breast cancer in the name of Jesus. Even we come against that fear of women feeling that they will have it in the name of Jesus. Nobody will have it. And if people have experienced that, if they have traces of that in their family, we exonerate them from that because they have been removed from that curse in the name of Jesus. And Father, we also want to commit every victim of breast cancer in the name of Jesus. Be it family, be it friends, be it loved ones, be it people we know, or even people we don't know, oh Lord. Father, we pray for health, oh Lord. We pray for healing, oh Lord. We pray for divine recovery in the name of Jesus. We speak the word of God that will provide healing to any victim of breast cancer in the name of Jesus. Whoever has given up hope, whoever has lost her self-confidence as a result of this deadly disease. We pray that let hope come again in the name of Jesus. Who, Whichever woman has lost her will to live again as a result of the diagnosis of this deadly disease, we come against it in the name of Jesus. And we pray for hope. We pray for restoration in Jesus' name. We pray that may people be revived again, whichever hospital that they may in, Lord. Father, touch them, Lord, by your mighty power in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise. And Father, we want to celebrate you and thank you for the gifts of God and Pastors Jessica, Robert, and Minister Lily. We give you praise, O oh Lord, for what you've done, Lord. We thank you that they have been very obedient to your scriptures, O oh Lord. And Father, we thank you that they have attached a sense of duty to their call. We bless you, O oh Lord, for their service, and we honor them and appreciate the gift of God that is upon their lives, O oh Lord. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done, O oh Lord. And I thank you that you will pay them well and you will reward them well, Lord. Great is their reward and great is their honor because they have purposely faced you, O oh Lord, and have determined to serve you in real holiness, in purity, and in truth. And Father, I pray that the stand that they have taken at the expense of earthly pursuits and ambitions, O oh Lord, May it indeed be rewarded in the afterlife, even as they receive their reward here on this earth too, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, as we come into agreement as a household of faith. We thank you that these prayer topics are answered and we'll walk in the manifestation of them in Jesus' name. And everybody who believes us say, Amen.
All right, give me a thumbs up and let me know that we all agree with this prayer. Amen. All right. Today is our 55th installment. And uh, we are continuing our series on the book of John, the Lordship of Christ. Amen. I don't know whether we'll hit 100. Do you think we'll hit 100? <laughs> I don't know whether we'll hit 100. Amen. Well, I hope not. Uh, if we hit 100, well, that's good. Amen. Because... Uh, from chapter 12 to chapter 21, there's nine chapters left. So I don't know whether we'll hit 100, but we'll see. Amen. But it's our 55th installment. So open your Bibles to John chapter 11, verse 45 to 57. John chapter 11, verse 45 to 57. Yesterday, I spoke to the presiding bishop and he told me, Tell the church that I send them my love, I bless them, and I send them peace, love, and joy in the name of the Lord. That, those were his exact words. He said, make sure you tell them when you are service that I'm thinking of them. So uh, that's, that's the message from the presiding bishop. Amen. All right. John, John chapter 11, verse 45 to 57, and I read, Therefore, many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary and had seen what Jesus did believed in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. Then the chief priests and the Pharisees called a meeting of the Sanhedrin. What are we accomplishing? They asked. Here is this man performing many signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him. And then the Romans will come and take away both our temple and our nation. Verse 49. Then one of them named Caiaphas, who was high priest that year, spoke up. You know nothing at all. You do not realize that it is better for you that one man die for the people than that the whole nation perish. He did not say this on his own. But as high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the Jewish nation. Verse 52. And not only for that nation, but also for the scattered children of God to bring them together and make them one. So from that day on, they plotted to take his life. Therefore, Jesus no longer moved about publicly among the people of Judea. Instead, he withdrew to a region near the wilderness to a village called Ephraim, where he stayed with his disciples. When it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, many went up from the country to Jerusalem for their ceremonial cleansing before the Passover. They kept looking for Jesus and they stood in the temple courts. They asked one another, what do you think? Isn't he coming to the festival at all? But the chief priest and the Pharisees had given orders that anyone who found out where Jesus was should report it so that they might arrest him. Amen. So today, uh, I normally read my scripture in New King James Version. I read this in NIV or New International Version. So based on our reading today, I'm speaking under the sub theme. Not by coincidence. Not by coincidence. All right. So let's first and foremost define the word. What's the meaning of the word coincidence? I want you to think of three words when I, I say the word coincidence. Um, not by chance. All right. Not by accident or not by fate. So today's story should really encourage us that God is not going to live leave our future, the future of our lives to chance or to accidents or to fate. 
And when we look at the context of this scripture, we will understand what that definitely means. Now, when we read from verses 45 to 48, we see the influence of the power of signs and wonders or the power of miracles. You know, if you read the previous 44 verses, which we have gleaned through, uh, it talks about Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead, who had been in the tomb for four days. That is a real miracle. And you see the essence of miracles here. Miracles are what I call the alarm bells of the spirit. Okay, what's an alarm? You know, an alarm arrests your attention. When, when you are asleep, the purpose of your alarm is to arrest your attention and rouse you out of sleep. And that, that's the same thing with miracles. It's just like an alarm bell or an alarm clock. It, it arrests your attention and it draws you in. So from this scripture, or scripturally speaking, miracles are for unbelievers. Of course, they are also for believers, but the main reason why Christians are to perform miracles or Christians are to walk in the demonstration of signs and wonders are for unbelievers. Why? It's for them to believe in the existence of God. And number two, to believe in the power of God. So, so that's why when we preach the gospel, God will confirm his word with signs and wonders. All right? And now, when the crowds come in, you now sustain them by the teaching of the word of God. And why is it necessary to teach the word of God? We have to because it is through that avenue that the church will develop faith. Because the just shall live by faith. Amen? The just doesn't live by miracles. Miracles is one of the things that we experience every now and then when we are believers. But when we are outside the church, outside the knowledge of Christ, what will draw the people in are two things. The preaching of the word of God and God confirming his word with signs and wonders. And there is a reason that people will believe in the existence of God. And number two, people will believe in the power of God. So miracles is not for the minister to feel he's anointed, he's powerful, he's great and all that. Miracles points to God. It points that God is real, God is alive, and it shows that there is something called the power of God. Amen. So in verses 49 to 53, there was an interesting man called Caiaphas. And who is this man? He was a high priest during the year of Pontius Pilate. So historically speaking, Pontius Pilate reigned for 11 years. And normally when every ruler will come with its priest. You understand? So priests were like in terms, right? So when the next ruler comes into power, he will also come with his next priest. Now the high priest who was ruling concurrently during the reign of Pontius Pilate was a man called Caiaphas. And uh, who was a high priest? You see, there was a priest and there was a high priest. Today, in this current context, there's only one high priest, and that's Jesus Christ. Okay, A high priest was there to atone for the sins of the world. And Jesus Christ has taken over that. He has atoned for our sins, so nobody occupies the position of a high priest. We all are priests. The Bible says that we are a royal priest to the holy nation. We are all priests, but it's only one person who occupies that seat or that title or that role of a high priest, which is Jesus Christ, because 
He has gone into the Holy of Holies once, perfected our sacrifice, perfected our redemption. Hence, we can be called the righteousness of God. Amen. So that was the job of a high priest before Christ died, was to atone for the sins of the people by sacrificing goats and doing all that stuff. You know, I don't want to go into any of that. But there is one thing that um, Caiaphas said that I really want us to take notice of. He sowed the seeds of killing Jesus in the hearts of the Jews. You know, and he gave an idea which was a prophecy. When the Jews were actually worried about the influence of Jesus. Because when Jesus did the miracle, the Bible lets us know that many people believed. Many people. It wasn't just the Jews that believed in Christ, but the Romans also believed in Christ. And the Jews were worried. They were worried that, look, if we keep on letting this man run amok, uh, we are going to be in trouble. Two things will happen to us. We could lose our nation to the Romans. And mind you, under that time, Jewish people were under Roman colony. You understand? So it, it wasn't really the Jewish people who were ruling. It was a Roman colony that was ruling. So these Jews were afraid that the more Jesus begins to get massive publicity and gain widespread influence through his miracles, the danger it is for the Jews to lose their nation to the Romans. So they were very worried about that. And secondly, they were also worried about losing their temple. And that's why they were territorial. So Jews were very territorial because they were very patriotic. They loved their nation. And number two, they were also very religious. And these two reasons, like I said, it explained why the Jews were the way they were. But now, Cahiaphas gave a response to the Jews' um, two worries by giving them this thought. That instead of you thinking that the Jews are going to take over, no, instead of you thinking that you Jews are going to lose your nation and also lose your temple, let me rather give you a better suggestion and a better idea. It is better that one man will die for a nation than the whole nation to be perished. And when Caiaphas was talking about the whole nation will perish, what he simply meant was the whole nation will be under Roman sovereignty. So that's what he meant by perish. So Caiaphas is saying that if we really want to alleviate this fear, this man called Jesus, who is gaining widespread influence and massive publicity, he has to be put to death. And when he is put to death, he will die for the whole nation in a sense that the Romans will not be able to take over Israel completely. Now, the Bible explicitly said something that he didn't say this on his own, but rather he prophesied. And the book of John, which was authored by John, he credits the prophecy to the office of the high priest and not the man. You know, the man was evil. But because he assumed the office of a high priest, he prophesied. And the lesson that I want us to learn from this, this morning is that sometimes God uses the intentions and the thoughts of an enemy 
to prophesy into the correct agenda of God for your life. Uh, It will be painful and heartbreaking, but like Joseph, you'll be able to say one day, when all is said and done, that you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Can you believe it? An instrument of evil. Caiaphas didn't like Jesus. Mind you, he didn't like Jesus. He hated Jesus. Caiaphas saw Jesus as a threat to his priesthood. You know, priests were also very territorial. Most of the enemies who were openly against Jesus were church leaders or were priests because they feared that Jesus was rather going to be the teacher of the people and he would rather take away their influence. So they didn't like him for that matter. This was an enemy. He's an instrument of evil. Yet he is being used by God to speak divinely of an evil plan, which was God's purpose for the world. And he didn't know that. And this evil plan that Caiaphas suggested to the Jews, it was rather going to reconcile the world to God. And it was also going to unite both Jews and Gentiles as one, which is called the mystery of the gospel. And that's why the whole book of Ephesians was written. The whole book of Ephesians was written to demystify to us the mystery of the gospel. And what's the mystery of the gospel? Jews and Gentiles. The Jews who had a covenant with God in the Old Testament and the Gentiles who were uncircumcised and who were seen as foreign nations. They will be united as one and there will be no schism. Why? On the avenue of the death of Christ. Now, who suggested that? Christ should be put to death, it was Caiaphas. Meanwhile, it was in the Old Testament, in the original plan and in the agenda of God that Jesus was supposed to die. So God, in effect, used an enemy's evil intentions to push forward the agenda, to push forward the program of God. So I want to tell you this this morning. Thank God for the evil intents, thoughts, and desires of our enemies. All of us have enemies. Our enemies are not just spiritual enemies. You have physical enemies. But God tells us how to deal with them. God tells us to love them. God tells them to bless them. God tells them to do them good. God tells them to feed them when they are hungry. We have real enemies who have real evil thoughts, malicious intentions. They will want to see us suffer and they will want to see harm against us. May I say something to you? One way or another, God can use these same people with such malicious thoughts to fulfill our prophecy concerning our life. So wipe your tears away and look at God's sovereignty. Like I said, it might be painful. You might be going through it. But I want to say that God has got your back and he will not allow you to suffer disgrace. He will not allow you to suffer humiliation. He will not allow you to suffer defeat. At the hands of your enemy, every evil wish of an enemy against you will backfire to the glory of God. Caiaphas thought he had given a master evil plan, but not knowing he was fast-tracking and speeding the prophecy by six days into the crucifixion of Jesus, that we will all be beneficiaries of the crucifixion of Christ. I once read a scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and, and the Apostle Paul said something. He said, if the rulers of this age had known, if only they had known, 
they wouldn't have crucified Jesus. If they had known that crucifying Jesus was rather going to bring a widespread world influence of Christianity, the Bible says that they wouldn't have crucified him. So look at God's sovereignty here, child of God. And when we come to know the evil intents and the thoughts and the desires of our enemy, don't work in bitterness. Are you understanding me? Because one day you should be able to come to a place like Joseph and you will explicitly say to them boldly face to face, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Caiaphas thought he had a master plan, but God turned that master plan into fulfilling the prophecy and the agenda of God. And that's why I said, not by coincidence. Caiaphas didn't say this thing by chance. It wasn't by coincidence. It was programmed. It was predetermined. It was in the perfect will of God. Jesus' life was not left to chance, even though he came to die. It wasn't left to accident. It wasn't left to fate. And may I encourage you thereby, you who are his child, that your life is not left to accidents, it's not left by chance, it is not left to fate. You might feel like that, but listen, your steps are ordered by the Lord. And if your steps are ordered by the Lord, God has his fingerprints and his handprints in every step you take towards your destiny. Now, in verses 54 to 57, the Bible lets us know Jesus knew the intents of his enemies, but he walked with wisdom. He decided to make himself scarce. Like I keep on saying, Jesus came to die. But even knowing that the time of his death was at hand, he still walked, this is a Bible word, circumspectly. And what's the meaning of circumspectly? To tread with caution, to tread with vigilance. As Christians, one side of wisdom means we will walk with caution and we will tread with vigilance. There are too many Christians who have died foolish deaths in the name of God will bless me with long life and no weapon fashioned against me shall prosper. Correct, all these are scriptures that are written by God. But what about the scripture that also tell you that walk circumspectly because the days ahead are evil. What about that scripture? And because we are to walk circumspectly because the days are evil, we should redeem the time. We should redeem the time. Are you understanding me? So we should have some wisdom. Like in, during this pandemic, there are too many Christians who have died premature deaths. They were not supposed to die, but they died. Because even though they believed in the promise of long life, in the promise of divine health, they didn't walk circumspectly or they didn't tread with wisdom. And because of that, they have had an early grave. So as Christians, we should learn how to walk in godly wisdom, even when we are aware of the evil intents of people around us. But caution, do that free of hate, 
Do that free of hurt and do that free of bitterness in your heart. Amen. And thanks be to God that Jesus didn't die in chapter 11 because he had wisdom. He rather died at the appointed time that God wanted him to die. And you who listen to me, who is a child of the covenant, you have to die at the appointed time God has set for you. Don't die a foolish and a premature death because you are not exercising wisdom, but you are very naive. Amen. So from today's message, I want us to take three points home. Is someone winding the clock? I can't believe we have nine minutes and then we've closed service. So let me round up. From today's message, three things we have to take home. One, God doesn't allow our future or destiny to coincidence. He doesn't allow it to chance. He doesn't allow it to fate. He doesn't allow it to accident. So when you are a Christian, keep saying things that by chance, lucky, or I'm an accident. When you are a Christian, there is nothing like that. Not by coincidence. Caiaphas said what he said because it was not by coincidence, but it was in the pre-programmed plan and agenda of God for Christ's life. Number two, God can use our enemy's evil intentions for our own good. And even at times in fulfilling prophecy, even at times in speed-tracking our destiny and the future that God has for us. Let me tell you, God has one future for you. Jeremiah 29 verse 11. It is a future of peace. It's a future of hope. King James Version says it's to bring you to an expected end. And number three, every thought you might be privy to because of the evil desires of your enemy must still demand you walk in wisdom. Are you understanding me? When Jesus got the hints and the news that these people wanted to kill him because Caiaphas had sown seeds of of murder, discontentment in their hearts, Jesus walked in wisdom. He didn't hide himself. Not because he was afraid of death, because Jesus was not afraid of death. That's why he came on the earth in the first place. But Jesus wanted to teach us a lesson that even though it's appointed for me to die, I don't have to die a premature death. So there are some Christians who are too deep. I'm not going to put on masks, you know, whatever. Uh, whatever be your stance about the vaccine, that's your personal choice. But, you know, they try and say every sort of thing. And then when they are sick and when they are dying, when they die, we want to question God. That we have to question your level of wisdom. You see, Jesus knew that the people were after him, but he still walked in wisdom. He walked judiciously. When you are spiritual, you walk judiciously. When you are spiritual, you walk carefully. When you are spiritual, let me use the Bible word, Ephesians 5 says, you walk circumspectly. I like that word because it's a big word that covers everything. So arm yourselves with these truths today, ladies and gentlemen, and be joyful in the Lord. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I've delivered your word to your people. May they have hope. May they have joy. And may they know that their future, their destiny, is not left to chance. It's not left to accidents. It's not left to fate. Thank you that your prophetic word for us today is not by coincidence. We thank you that you are sovereign and your hand is involved in every minute detail of our life. With this, we rejoice. With this, we have peace. With this, we trust you because we know our future is secure. 
because it's in your hands. Thank you that our steps are ordered by you. We will walk with this truth. We will arm ourselves with this truth. And we thank you that no enemy will have any strength over us because we choose to walk free of hate, free of hurt, free of bitterness. We walk in love, yet we'll walk in wisdom to the manifestation of your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Pastor Robert, over to you.